Okay, this is it everyone. It's the big one. How exciting to talk to Helgi. Helgi Oostertag, who is the co-designer of Terra Mystica along with Jens Drogermuller. Not sure how good my German pronunciation is. Uh, so yeah, this is discussion with Helgi, with myself, EJ and Superchani. Um, a little bit of preamble first, sorry. Um, firstly, it was it was a glorious conversation and it really felt like a privilege um, to talk to one of the guys of why we're all here, you know? This is like, he's the reason all of this is happening. Um, we did we did it on a video call for the first time we've ever recorded one of these, actually. Um, and a lot of the time, particularly at um, sort of like key points, Super Charlie and I would like punching the air and like sort of <laughs> virtual high-fiving. And yeah, um, we were trying to stay quiet to stop the audio bleeding through on Helgi's side, just, just sort of like silently cheering. But there's a sort of like uh, a few bits of, chuckling and whoops and stuff that i had to remove from my side of the audio um it was yes it was very fun particularly when he brings up the fakir's nerf issue without even being asked um we're really grateful for everyone who gave us questions um for helgi uh it feels like a bit of a celebration of the whole community the fact that this episode exists maybe is that being grandiose i don't know so it was nice to have everyone involved uh we tried to mention who gave us the questions when we asked them and we'd obviously sort of amalgamated adapted them a bit based on ones where multiple people had asked a similar thing um but even if we didn't you know say your name didn't specifically mention it all of the questions were much appreciated because it it sort of yeah like helped to shape the discussion and like the, the sort of things we were going to ask so yeah uh much appreciated for that the audio quality is honestly slightly less good than usual um it was a bit of a rush recording we had a bit of fun with discord and um getting helgi on there so um it, yeah it, it's it's maybe not as good as usual um so i would suggest list just listening with headphones without background noise you know um normally uh my test is whether you can listen to it in the car in my noisy car or on a bike ride uh and i've tested it and i just about can but i, I for this one i would prefer to listen with headphones and then you can sort of hear everything uh and it's got to be worth it right this is, is the big episode so it's worth putting the effort in to listen um but it has been made much clearer the audio by uh the help of our friend danny b who very kindly as he has done a few times uh, a few times before gave this a little bit of a pass and sprinkled his audio fairy dust on it uh so thanks to danny much appreciated uh, of course, he can be found at soundcloud.com slash fictionproductions, F-I-K-T-I-O-N productions on SoundCloud. Uh, yes, it's been a bit of a while since the last episode. You may have noticed, you may not care, you might not have noticed. Uh, I don't really have much of an excuse other than it's. I've just been busy um, sort of 
TNTL stuff, but also just life with the summer in the like first sort of summer in the UK where stuff is happening after COVID. But uh, yeah, so sorry if it's been missed, but there are some cool episodes coming up, um, including a really good discussion with Inner City Sumo and El Jazz about their fan factions, which, sorry guys, I still haven't edited, but it's on the list. Um, yeah, if you are new to Fire 2 on Air and are just coming and joining us for this Elgi episode, um, hello. We've made a few of these now, and I, I think they're quite good. Um, so please go back and have a look at some of the, have a listen to some of the older episodes. If you're interested, uh, there's some good stuff there. And you can subscribe by searching for Fire 2 on Air on, you know, your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify, your Overcast, all your podcast apps. Uh, right, there we go. That was a lot of blathering. Apologies. Please enjoy this discussion with the designer of Terra Mystica, Helge Ostertag, with EJ and Superjani. Thank you. Hey. Finally. Can you hear me? I can hear you here now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm not so used to uh, to Discord, so I always have a little bit trouble to get everything done. I have it on a tablet, not on a uh, desktop, so yeah. That's all right. Uh, let me, can I try and add Superchani? Let's see if yeah, course, he right. can come in as well. Uh, this might, okay, hopefully he's getting the call now. I'm getting the call, I'm here. There he is. Okay. Uh, oh, it's calling Helgi again. There, he's back. Ah, now I, 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 I hope I'm back. I can hear you. Yeah. I can see you as well. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's not it's not a problem at all. Discord is a bit confusing if you don't use it a lot. We use it. I'm using the other tools, and they're a lot easier to, to handle, like Zoom or uh, Tootsie. Yeah, they, they work better for me. But anyways, here we are. I hope okay. it works. If you're happy here, we're okay. Um, so I'm John or EJ. Uh, we were messaging. On Board Game Geek, yeah. And this is Superchalny in Poland. He Hi. is the other host of the podcast. I'm just here to help, EJ. <laughs> Great to finally see you and hear you. Thank you. Like, thank you so much for doing this. We're, we're yeah. really excited to talk to you. Um, yeah, it's an honor. The pleasure is mine. Oh. Absolutely. Are you... Um, like, sort of one of the questions we were going to ask is, like, how aware are you of everything that goes on with, like, the community and, and like, the forums and Fire to Open? Are you, do you keep an eye on it much? Do you know what's happening with everything? I, I try to keep up, but loosely. There's so much going on. And uh, in the beginning, I closely or... Also, Jens, uh, the other author, uh, we followed closely the Snellman side. 
especially about statistics. And when we did um, the fire and ice expansion, we used the Snellman site for, for playtesting, actually. But uh, now a lot of years have passed, so it's not so close that I watch it. But um, I watched the final battle from, what was it, the, the uh, clash of Terramistica clash? There was some kind of tournament. Uh, international clash. Yeah, international clash. Yeah, that's it. I, I watched uh, the final game and also fire to open. I, I um, noticed who was winning in the first season, but I can't remember right now. But yeah, and that's just too much going on. I'm aware of it, but uh, I can't. Yeah, of course, of course. It's. Um, I mean, so I think maybe super. You're the same that we we kind of joined in and saw stuff around the start of the pandemic and it's there's been a lot going on of like videos and or and podcasts now and yeah there's a lot going on yeah it's been quite surprising i think the pandemic helped for all these uh, um, online implementations and uh, tourneys competitions and so on um, people had enough time to do it otherwise they would be sitting on an actual table playing maybe yeah, mm. so I think it helped the community a lot and all these uh, different uh, tournaments going on. How do you feel about Do you like the fact that people play Terra as an online thing or do you think people should be playing it on a board with around a table? Do you, do you think it works both ways? I think it works both ways and uh, I, I think it's good that this, that this game is, uh, uh, yeah, for this hybrid kind of, of use it's, it's made for it, I think, um, because it's offering a lot of strategy and uh, that's something turn-based games uh, can, yeah, they, they profit from it. Mm. It hasn't to be a live game. I myself uh, did quite a lot of games on board game arena, not in the arena mode, just, uh, yeah, all the stuff. Yeah. Turn-based and for the fan factions, playtesting and so on, it was great. Mm. To, to have it it's this implementation yeah and also i think it's good that there is a, a variety of, of implementations so like the snellman side which is more functional but maybe not so pretty but it's uh, quite functional and a lot of people started their online uh, terroristic journey there but i think a lot of uh, the top players also are now joined board game arena uh, one one name comes uh, quickly into my mind. That's Xerox, this Finnish super player. He now has the top of board game arena as well. As I noticed. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> fun to notice. He's a cool guy, Xerox. But the new meta is evolving around the new maps. That's also interesting. A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I think so. Um, we kind of uh, we asked the community for some questions, uh, and because everyone is very excited to get to talk to you through us, because we're all very grateful for Terra Mystica and what an awesome game it is. So um, we kind of got some questions, maybe about the design and the early stage, and then kind of now, and then and then towards kind of the future and like fan factions yeah. and stuff that's yeah. coming out. Uh, so we've got questions from some people. One thing with the history: have you 
Have you seen, there was a video made recently on YouTube by someone called Claybo, and it's, what's it called, Super? Is it the history of terroristic? Yeah, something like this. Uh, it's about half an hour uh, long, and it covers everything that happened to Terramistica since the since the very days with, I'm not sure if Claybo reached out to you. He's got so much insight on what was actually happening back then, and he moved smoothly to the, you know, uh, to what's happen, happening nowadays, like with our podcast, for example, various tournaments. So he covers also you know, the uh, board game conventions that you've been on or something. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen this video. I saw one or two or even three of his videos he made about um, strategy tips for the different factions. I like them very much. He had a very fun uh, way to... to um, presents uh, his his findings and his conclusions <laughs> and uh, yeah very entertaining i so i i think i should look into this video as well um normally i try to to look into videos that are linked on board uh, game geek but maybe i haven't noticed that it was posted there i don't know i will look out for it i haven't seen it yet yeah it's it's called termistica timeline actually so he covers everything that has <laughs> happened yeah, I, I haven't seen it. So, yeah, yeah, it happened a lot of stuff in the last ten years. Yeah, <laughs> nearly ten years. Nearly ten years. <laughs> yeah, that that helped because I was starting to research for this, and then Clavo made this video, and it made it a lot easier because I could just watch this, and it it's he's yeah he's done a lot of research. So nice work, Clavo. Um, so. Yeah, uh, sort of people are very interested about the design process because um, Terra just seems to be a very well-balanced game from the very beginning. And the economy is so sort of finely tuned and great for competitive play. Um, and so a few people, so for example, uh, our friend called Luke Eljazz, um and Firexed and Lustrous were asking questions about like how kind of how long did that take and did you know at the time that you had something that was so well balanced and, and nice in a competitive way when you were doing the design in the early days? Yeah, well, the, the game started out, uh, the early stages of the game it started out in out 96, 97. And at this time, I was uh, designing this old prototype together with my brother Anzan, uh, with whom I later have a small publishing company called Pificus Spiele, Pificus Games. And um, yeah, we, I don't know how long we worked on this game, but uh, we went to the first, um, what was it called? Southern German uh, Designers Exhibition or Designers Fair. It was uh, near Munich. And um, there we met people from uh, Hans and Glück, the publisher, the German publisher, and they took the early prototype and tested it. And it nearly came to be published there, but then uh, something was missing for them. So they returned the game. And um, this was in about 98, I think. And um, we still tested it. And then I think we let go, but I, I had it in my box, this, this old design uh, prototype. And over the years, I always took it out again and worked on it and put it back again. But uh, until 
it's then became the game it is now today. I think it was, yeah, 10 years in total, but not 10 years of continuous work. I, I took it out. I had maybe a few months where I worked on it and I put it back again. And uh, in this time, I, I moved from, from Freiburg to, to Bremen in northern Germany where I studied. And um, there I started to have gaming groups again. And um, I don't know if you know the German designer, Friedemann Friese, the guy with the green hair. He's doing a lot of games. The uh, most famous one is Power Grid. You have more of this game, maybe. And I, I met this guy in, in Bremen, where he lives. And uh, I, I knew people who were living together with him and worked with him. And they had a regular gaming group. So I start, uh, restarted to do game designs. And then I worked harder on, on the early prototype of Terra Mystica. And uh, so the game became more and more the, the, the game it is nowadays. And then finally... I had a group here in Frankfurt when I moved to Frankfurt where we played a lot of games and also I presented my prototype and I said, oh, that's a good game. They were a heavy gamer, so they, they uh, said, oh, that's really a good game. And we are doing a prototype meeting on the island of Mallorca in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, won't you come and present it? There will be publishers as well. So I went there with this prototype and um, I met Uwe Rosenberg. He also went there and uh, there were a lot of... Uh, Publishers as well, but Uwe said, I like this game. Uh, he, he was, when we sat together and played it, he actually looked very critical, and I thought, oh, he doesn't like it. But he was thinking and thinking and thinking, and uh, yeah, I like this game. I, I will see to it that it will be published. So he reached out to his uh, friend from school, Dave, Frank Heeren, and then we met here near Frankfurt, and he also knew Jens Trügemüller, the other author, who joined in the design process. Uh, because they work together as a small publisher. And um, so we met here in Frankfurt, and then uh, Jens and Frank were part of the design process. And then uh, we said, yeah, well, I would like to start a publishing company together with my friend, Frank. And so Feuerland uh, Spiele was created and evolved around our designing meetings for, for Terra Mystica. We met in 2007 and it was published in... Uh, 2012, so it was two years in the final making. But um, yeah, so we had a lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of playtesting in this time, and mostly with Frank Herren and, and uh, Jens Trögemeller, who then said, "I want to join in as co-designer and help you create a few more of uh, the factions." Because at this moment, I think I just had seven factions, and Jens helped me to create the other seven factions and everything out. So. Yeah, that's how, how this game came into into the uh, gaming board. Speaking of that, uh, well, huge uh, quality of Terra Mystica is the variety of factions that we have here. So, like, uh, we have players who enjoy playing Fakirs, but hey, playing Swirlings, for example, or the other way around, or whatever. And you just mentioned that there were a couple of factions that you did initially, and then, you know, some of them... Um, came about uh, a bit later. So, uh, yeah, we were also uh, curious, Inner City Sumo, for example, uh, asks uh, which factions uh, did you design early on and which one of them came later? 
I know that the dwarves yeah. were in early section and the mermaids. Um, I'm not sure about witches, maybe. Um, yeah, I think nomads were one of the early factions as well. And uh, then other factions, they were, yeah, they, they, they were dismantled and put together again. And some of them, they, they don't, didn't make it into the final product. So, but I'm, I'm very sure about dwarves and Fakis, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but I can tell you how it happened that Farkas were uh, were weakened in the design process because in one of our testing games, <laughs> this um, this is a big question. <laughs> I, I managed I managed to to play them very good and uh, have a, had a great victory, and uh, so uh, the other playtesters, namely Frank and Jens, they said no. This faction is far too strong. You can't beat us by so many points. Um, we have. We have to, to nerf them. And I said, no, I just played groups. And no, 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 they are too strong. They are too strong. And yeah, we, we didn't have too much time left. And I think it was uh, a quick decision. And uh, I was they, they voted against me. I said, no, 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 we should keep it like that. And like, and no, 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 they, they have to be weaker. And so they were crippled just because I had a good play with them. <laughs> that's what happened uh, I would say uh, those are early mistakes also for a publisher uh, small publisher to, to be a little bit too quick about it yeah happened. were you ever tempted to try and change them back give them more starting power or let them advance digs or anything or is it too difficult to change that kind of thing that, that the problem is um, there are so many copies out there and uh, the publisher said, yeah, we, we just have to accept they are like they are. And then when we had these uh, um, landscape tiles, that was the idea to, to balance out some of these factions, especially Fakirs. And I think if you play them with their Fakir landscape, they are far more powerful again. Um, yeah, but that's a different story how we came to these landscape tiles. But... Yeah, that, we often discussed it and um, decided against it because what will happen to all these players who bought a product uh, in the early stages? Well, have they to buy again or do we give out stickers? It was a difficult decision. So we decided to just keep it like it is. So, so we had the starting victory points. That was an easy way to, to, to balance it a little bit out, but... Nothing to, to completely redo a faction. I, I'm not sure about it. We, we discussed it and well, it was a publisher's decision. Yeah, I, I know there are games out there who do, do it other ways. They have a first edition and a second edition and a third edition, and they will change throughout uh, this process, but Feuerland decided to go another one. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it didn't discourage Superchani because the Fakirs are still his favorite faction. He loves the Fakirs. That's great. That That's I great. do. They are 100%. Why are you successful with them? Sorry, come again? Are you successful in playing Fakirs? 
Uh, well, that depends. Very often, I just uh, because now we have the auction on Board Game Arena, and uh, at some at many of my games, I just pick them because okay, I'm just playing Fakirs. Do I win? Well, I do not really care because I'm carpet flying all over the place and I'm having fun. And yeah, uh, I won't say that I have uh, I'm very successful with them, like particularly successful, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty experienced. And well, first and foremost, I I love playing them. It's a lot of fun. It's so satisfying. So. Yeah, if only they had more power in Bolt 2 and they could have upgraded digs and whatnot, but yeah. I can tell you for the upcoming Terra Mystica innovation, there will be the Fakir's ability available for, for the modular faction creation, and uh, I think they performed quite well in, in this new setup. So you will be able to do carpet flights, but uh, in a different uh, setup. I think this is good for all, all people who like to play fuckies. There we go. There we go. Is um something that uh, our friend Ghostly asked and uh, Matt the Lesser is another player who asked, now you've seen Terra in play, if if you could change one thing or like one mechanic, even if it's not a faction ability, like one mechanic or anything like that, is there something that you would change at all? Uh, I think it's mostly I would change some things about factions, not a mechanic in general. I am quite happy with how they are, but um, some of the factions that have seen a lot of play now and uh, it's a little bit easier to assess how valuable they are. Stronghold is and how valuable their all their the special abilities are. I think I would like to to make the giants a little bit uh, stronger. They, they struggle to to be uh, competitive in many setups and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe one thing: um, the the the, the um, um, Halfling's stronghold. I think it's one of the most unused strongholds ever. Mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I, I wouldn't change any of the mechanics in general, just section-specific details. Yeah, it's it's a harsh question what we change, because I think that's what we were saying about the economy and the, the design process. It's such a it's such a tight, perfect game, I think. Um like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Like it's, it's so, it's so ideal that, um, yeah, I think that's a fair question. You don't need to change. Why change perfection? It's Terra Mystica. Yeah, I, I think, um, of course, we have these uh, power actions. You could think of new power actions, and and I think in the uh, versions of the sea, um, implemented a few new uh, power actions to give more uh, of the same. Away, it will be the same with uh, the innovations, thermistic innovations. We will have new kinds of actions, but not power actions, book actions. So, introduce a new resource into the game system, like we did in the Gaia project, where we introduced securities. Yeah, so that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you have a base. The basis of uh, an economy system that works well, but it's still possible to, to expand it and to add something more. But for, for the base Terra Mystica, I think that's a good spot. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah, uh, speaking of you know factions and mechanics, I think also there is the uh, well, the board itself deserves some uh, recognition. So uh, every single copy of Terra Mystica has this base board uh, that everyone, pretty much everyone knows about. So uh, would you be so kind as to you know share some thoughts on um, not necessarily you know the whole designing process of the map, but um, how do you like the map? Uh, how hard was it to actually play this? And you know any any other thoughts on that? The, the design process and also the designing of the factions was very interwoven with the uh, map right from the beginning. Um, early on, I started with um, with um, modular tiles, a little bit inspired by Settlers of Catan, where you have these landscape tiles, and I started with something similar. Um, in the beginning, it was just five types of landscapes, and then it, uh, we, I, I um, yeah, made it broader with, with seven tiles, and I started with all these uh, modular tiles, and it was quite, uh, yeah, the setup was quite annoying. It was a lot of work, so I decided um, it would be easier to have um, a fixed map. Uh, it helped to start the game, and uh, once there was this fixed map, I thought, yeah, well, I, I have to, to have a map and factions that they are very depending on each other. So um, I couldn't just make a, a neutral map that would be just great for any kind of faction that would be placed, uh, let's say, on black or on brown or on yellow. But there was this map, and I defined the factions later on when uh, Frank and Jens joined. And we always had map like it was we didn't change too much of the spaces there we well very early on we decided that's the map and we will well, we would like to keep it that way there were maybe small changes here and there but the general um, shape of the, of the continents of the landmasks it was yeah fixed very early in the design process and uh, just a few changes here and there and so um, I think uh, it's very obvious with, with the green factions, where you can see that the green has a very good uh, position on the base map. It's easy to expand with green, and also the, the big landmass, which is good for black and also brown on the right side. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, the maps that came later on, they all tried to, to be a little bit more balanced for all all factions that are in the game, but yeah, you, you see with uh, maybe a red, the fire and ice map, the, the, yeah, the fire and ice map, which is quite good for red, actually. So the, the map position is very influential on the outcome of the ranks of each faction. So, um, I, I didn't know how strong this connection was early on, but uh, once we started with client eyes, it became obvious. Mm, mm. But it's not easy to have a map totally um, unconnected to a faction. I, I think that's very connected. We also noticed the same thing when we did uh, or were doing the terrorist innovations. Uh, it will also come with a new map, and we have the same thing going on there and it's not so easy to just have a map that's good for every color it's not that easy um, 
because once there is a faction, and we will have one faction in Terran's generation as well, that is good in expanding throughout the river, then we have one color that is fixated on the, the placement near the rivers. And once you have assigned some of these abilities to certain factions and colors, yeah, then, then the interconnectedness is very uh, strict. Mm. I can't just uh, take one, let's say, Fakir and place them on three, for instance. It would have a quite different outcome. And it's the same with, I think, most of the yeah, other factions. If you uh, joined in the playtesting of the fan factions, yeah, you could notice that also the, the, the map presence of each color is quite a factor in how strong the factions are, not only their abilities. They um, do you know? Do you know Ransfont, who develops the game for Board Game Arena? Have you talked to him? I think you might have done. Um, I didn't talk to him. I, I I know him. He was part of the innovations playtesting group as well. So maybe we had a small chat. But yeah. he's added a feature now to Board Game Arena. He's a legend. He's added a feature to Board Game Arena now where we can put custom maps in just this week. So now people can try and people are lo like looking at crazy maps. Uh, it might be useful for you for playtesting stuff. So, oh, and, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, that's, that's very good. It's a new yeah, yeah, there it's was, a cool feature. There was this guy, Lodev, I, I think a guy from Belgium, you know this, the map generator. Mm, mm, yeah. I use this one quite a lot, but um, yeah, it's only for, for the base game and uh, Fire and Ice factions. But it's great tool yeah yeah um so yeah we talked about sort of all the stuff going on in clavo's video and and there's the kind of the success of terra mystica um since it came out um but so ranyor and ghostly both start both asked a similar question of uh like what are some of the the biggest surprises since it's released for you with with sort of like the journey of terror and, and what's happened to you and to the game and to foyerland since since it was released back in 2012. well i think the only success was maybe the biggest surprise um it uh it won a lot of prizes uh one year after it was published so it became very quick very famous around uh, the gaming uh, community and uh, it still is uh, it's a great success though so, maybe one thing that's outstanding for me still is that it achieved uh, the status of being a modern classic I, I often hear this as uh, yeah as a compliment or as, as like uh, something uh, journalists say or Players say that's a modern classic, and that's something I really yeah, never would have uh, imagined it would become something like that. Did you did you think back when you were designing it? Did you think like one day it might be this modern classic, or was that just beyond any of your expectations? No, no. I, I just was happy that finally uh, uh, such a complex game uh, I designed was published and hit the market and. A lot of people enjoyed it, and uh, it was sold out very quickly with the first uh, edition. So that's, that's 
everything I was hoping for in the beginning. And then, yeah, okay, it is, it's a great success. So let's see where, where it will lead us to. And then um, we had translations into English, to French, and to more and more languages. So I, I was eager to see how many uh, editions there will be, I think, today. I did it to 15 languages, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't count, but yeah, I think it's. So that's also something I haven't dreamt of. Have you ever caught up with Uwe Rosenberg since? And has he mentioned since to you anything since then? No, we just uh, met uh, some times at the uh, um, game fair in Essen. And uh, yeah, so, but rare occasions because he lives in northern Germany or mo not northern, but uh, far away from here. So, um, and in the early days, he came to visit Frank more often because he published some of his games at Feuerland. But then uh, Frank got a cat, and Uwe is allergic to cats, and then he stopped to come by. So that's uh, when I didn't see him that often. Just uh, all five years, I think. <laughs> Last time, who said to me, "Oh, every time you win a prize that uh, at the um, evening of the game fair when we have this uh, German uh, game prize, the Deutsche Spielepreis, uh, we met there at this uh, gala evening, dinner, and uh, uh, where you get the, the awards." And that's the last time I saw right. And he said to me, yeah, you have to win a prize and an award, and then we can meet again. <laughs> so, yeah, never, never, never were together at the game. <laughs> Always fun to see. But I think Uwe is quite busy doing his games on his own. He, he has an uh, interesting design process where everything works out in his head. And then the prototype is made. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I work differently. I work differently. I, I have the material in front of me and push some, some meeples, some cubes, some, some coins around and have a landscape and tiles and then everything comes together. Mm. Uh, I need to see the materials I'm working with. Yeah, yeah sure. It's, it's a compliment because uh, Jamie Stegmeier has designed a fan faction and Isaac Childress. So you've got a lot of... Uh, big fans out there of Terra Mystica. Yeah, and of course, they they, uh, they work together with Feuerland, so uh, I think Frank asked them personally, and yeah, Jamie Stegmaier, he said some very nice things about Terra Mystica. Uh, uh, I think uh, his great successful game, one of his great successful games, Scythe, um, he also was inspired by Terra Mystica, he said in one of his interviews. I talked to Jamie Stegmaier for this podcast about the Atlanteans. It was cool. Oh, that's great, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the faction. I am not sure how strong they are at the moment, but I really like this mm. Yeah, they're interesting. Uh, yeah, so uh, apart from the game itself, you know, for, for the years being more and more successful, we see higher and higher level of play generally. So we have stronger and stronger players. It is also... Um, could be said, you know, looking at the ELO and uh, on board game arena and whatnot, and the current meta is always changing. So um, we're curious to ask you, uh, it was, I, th I think it was Mandalesser who brought this up, is 
what about the current meta and current strategies uh, are different or somewhat surprised you uh, to what was you know initially happening during your playtesting and earlier days? Like, is there anything like certain faction being playing completely different than you expected now than it had been you know ten years ago or something? I I can. Remember that in the early uh, stages, a lot of players were complaining about engineers. They said, oh, you can't play engineers, they're too weak, they're too weak. And uh, I think it took the community about two years until they were considered one of the strongest factions. But uh, the first two years, uh, everyone was complaining about engineers. And we actually had to uh, do this rule because of halflings, um, the digging rule, where the, the, the scoring for digging is not allowed in around five or six, because there were some players who pulled off great wins. I'm not sure if there would still be such a strong faction if it were allowed in around five or six. I'm not sure about that. It was a result of the early stages of the meta of the game. Um, now I I think uh, what mostly influences the meta of the base game factions and maybe of Fire and Ice factions is actually the, the, um, the uh, maps where it's played on. I think every map has a different meta and um, yeah, factions that are strong on one map won't perform that good on another map. So I think maps are the most uh, influence we can have on the meta. Of course, if you take the landscapes into play, which happens on board game arena, but I don't know if they are in the um, arena models. If they are implemented, I don't know. Because um, yeah, well, they they uh, they bring everything to another level. But I I think still darklings being one of the go-to factions if you want to play competitive and. Uh, what is it? Nomads and uh, cultists still maybe they are considered stronger even now because cultists in the old days they also were considered to be not strong enough because they are so dependent on what other players do. Mm. But I expect they're still one of the strong factions. If I'm correct. And what is it? Witches. Still witches? I'm not sure. Yeah, witches. Yeah. Semi-strong somewhere in the in the uh, in the middle. So current arena settings for board game arena is random map. So the map is always random. Um, one of the five currently available. And yeah, this is landscape season. So every game is played with landscapes right now. So uh, oh, great. Yeah. yeah, that leaves a lot of room for player uh, for Fakir's players like myself. So. Yeah, it's great. And also, uh, darklings are not so strong. Nice. Yeah, definitely. What um, what faction do you like to play with most? What are you good at? Who do you enjoy playing with? Uh, Firex and Babak both asked that question. I, I really enjoy Chaos Magicians, but uh, I think they are not competitive enough for high-level play, but I really like them. So, uh, who, who, sorry, say again, sorry? Chaos Magicians. Oh. I think they are not... Uh, so good for high-level play because they are quite vulnerable. Uh, they, you could play quite disruptive against them, and yeah, that's, that's a shame. But <laughs> it's how it is. 
Well, I have a I have a Chaos Magicians game in my series of Snellman this season, and it's going all right. It's in round six. I'm gonna maybe second, maybe first. They're going pretty good. I like Chaos Magicians. Okay. Yeah, I like them. I like them. Uh, uh, also, like Orans, even if they don't have a, a base ability. I still like them because when we uh, designed uh, or when I designed uh, innovations, um, you know, the, you have a modular way to create your, your, your section. And the stronghold of our one was considered to be too strong from all playtesters. And this feedback uh, made me quite confident that uh, Orin could be still a good faction because green is a good uh, color and uh, it was. Considered to be the by most far by most uh, strongest uh, uh, stronghold. Uh, so I, I think that Owens don't have a base ability is maybe a good uh, uh, a good thing to balance out their quite strong stronghold. So I I like to play them and uh, in in games uh, together with Frank from Firelabs. He often played Oren and he often won with friends. And he's a good player too. I don't know his Elo compared to the top players here, but uh, yeah. Chaos Magicians and Oren. I, I like them. And Farkas, of course. Well, uh, one question. Oh, I, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Carry on. No, no, I, I'm finished here. Okay. I was, was going to say that one question. Uh, Simon sort of asked Simon Bay, "Is uh, when are you gonna when are you gonna join Fire Two? When are you gonna win Fire Two Open? Come and win the tournament of your own game. You guys have got to come in and show us how to play it." <laughs> I, don't um, I think the, the the competitive top players they uh, are more skilled than I am. <laughs> At least in uh, general skill evaluations, there. Uh, were quite a few of them in playtesting involved, and I didn't win many of the games. Mostly, I, I lost or not not lost, but uh, I think I wasn't last. But uh, so many games, but uh, I wasn't first either. So if I won a game that was outstanding, I think uh, mostly I was second or third. They're quite quite good players in all these tournaments, and I think they are beyond my level. <laughs> I have to admit. I have to admit. That's very, that's very magnanimous of you. It's very magnanimous. So I, I think there would be no point in joining such a tournament. Um, it's quite time-consuming consuming as well, and I would rather focus on later things for new things to bring. Yeah, we have a bit more time on our hands. That's why we can get a bit better. Do you, um, but you do you do do you play a bit on board game arena? How much sort of base? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, last uh, weeks mostly uh, for for the fan factions, and uh, we still have a little bit play testing for theoretical innovations going on, but that's nearly finished. And yeah, some some games just for fun, but not in in some kind of format. It's too too um, time consuming for me. I I don't can can afford it. To to, to yeah, no, I I'm not able to 
I, I always thought about it. Could I join in a competitive play in a tournament or something of that? But, yeah. Well, we we have a tournament called the Terra Mystica Tuesday League, which is open to everyone of all abilities. You don't have to be good. It's five games. You can play either live or you can play turn-based. If you want to sign up for Terra Mystica Tuesday League, tomorrow is the last day to sign up. So we'll sign you up. If you want to join, I'll sign you up right now. Yeah, Tell, yeah. Send me your details. I'll sign you up. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it could be live games. I think it should be turn-based for me. Works better. We can do turn-based. We can sign you up yeah. for turn-based. That's all good. I'm in. You have to, in th we'll work it out. In theory, you have to be on the Discord. You said you don't use Discord. We'll, maybe we can work it out. We'll sign you up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think it will be fun for everyone. So I'm in. Nice. Nice. Uh, oh, whoever gets Helgi in it, that'd be awesome. Right. Um, Focus, focus, stop yeah. talking about it. So, <laughs> thing right now. You, so you mentioned the fan factions. So yeah, sort of talking now about kind of the future and what's happening and what's in the in the pipeline. Um, Danny B asked, like, what are your thoughts on the fan factions? And then also sort of how involved have you been in that, in the playtesting and the development? Um, yeah, what, what, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, well, the publisher had this idea and, uh, of course, asked if uh, we would like to have these fan factions. And uh, because we noticed that a lot of fan factions were already uh, published on, on uh, board uh, Game Geek, and uh, so they made this call for ideas last year. And uh, then after the, the time frame was uh, done, we started to look into these uh, factions. Actually, one, uh, one of the... Uh, Games, uh, the guys from from Ireland started to do so, but then we and uh, I don't know. Initially, we we played every faction that was sent in at least twice, once to get a feeling for it, and then have another one of us test it. And after two games, we decided: Do we like it? Is it interesting to play? Uh, is it promising? And so we narrowed it down a little bit. Also, we looked. Uh, uh, on the colors, uh, some of them were meant to be played on a special color, and others we could just switch to another terrain. And I don't know, we, we had initially about 70 um, ideas, I think so, or a little bit more even, and then uh, we narrowed it down, and we, I think we went down to about 40 that were interesting. Enough. Um, they, they had enough new things going on and played different enough from what was already there. And so then we decided to, to have a closer look. And yeah, once uh, uh, we narrowed it down to about 20, I think we played most of them four or five times. And uh, then we narrowed it down that we had two of each color and two colorless. And yeah, we didn't have enough um, ideas for fire and ice, so we let it out and uh, said, yeah, it wasn't good enough. 
But then uh, Bastian, he is the guy from Fireland who is doing this. Um, he started this uh, call for new ideas for Fire and Ice, and now we looked into Fire and Ice factions as well, so I think they will follow. Yeah, and um, so when we played it about five, four times, then we decided to, and we did some changes, of course, when there was something obvious, too strong, too weak, but uh, it is the fan faction uh, edition, so we decided to have it uh, published on Vodka Marina for further testing. And um, once we have some results in, I think the next round of fine-tuning will start, and um, Bastian is collecting all the feedback, and then we will gather all the information, all the ideas we have, and um, uh, do the next step of, of anything fine-tuning. I, I think maybe Bastian will uh, reach out to all the uh, designers of these fan uh, factions. Maybe they have some ideas too, but uh, of course we will look into it to, to make it more playable. And um, yeah, but I don't know how many factions are actually now playable on Board Game Arena. Last thing I heard of was Archivist. I don't know if something else was implemented. This yellow faction. Archivist, yeah. get, get, when they have their stronghold, they get an additional uh, round booster. I like this faction. One of my favorite designs, actually, that uh, were presented to us. Any others that you particularly like, that particularly excite you? I, I like the Atlanteans, uh, just because they, the theme is fitting so well to, to, uh, to uh, what they can do. And um, uh, I played a lot of them. I like the Time Travelers. They, they bring a very new idea into the game. I, I think all of them have, have some, something interesting. Um, at one faction that's not implemented yet. Um, they are quite interesting to play as well. They, they put power tokens on their rivers spread out. Uh, this faction I also like because it brings something very new. And I, I like the, uh, I don't know, are they called change? I'm not sure if they, but yet, I'm not sure, are they implemented on Vodka Marina? They, they played interesting enough. So, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of fine-tuning necessary um, until we can say they are balanced. But now the, the community will get a sense of uh, how, how difficult actually is to balance two uh, ideas out. And they have to fit into an existing, uh, uh, yeah, um, existing, I don't know, uh, background of, of factions that are already there. That's uh, what we experience from a sci-fi and ice. <laughs> it's not so easy to, to actually uh, make them fitting with what is existing already. So we had to do this adjustment after we published it. Mm. And we had the community involved in playtesting and still it wasn't that easy to balance everything out. So when people are like, oh, why did you make Fakir's too weak? You can be like, you do it. You design the factions. You have a go. You fix it. Yeah, well, Fakir's we did. But um, uh, one thing we, uh, we noticed uh, during Fire and Ice, and I think this uh, is something going on here with the fan faction as well, it's better to have a faction a little bit too weak than to have it overpowered. Yeah, that's... Uh, 
better or weak than overpowered because if it's overpowered, you can't play any other faction against it. And if it's weak, it's still maybe a niche faction that's viable in a certain setup, and that's okay. The faction doesn't have to be viable in any setup, but if it's overpowered, then you can play it and without thinking, which isn't fun. So we have some factions uh, that uh, in playtesting uh, were quite strong, and we actually nerfed them quite a lot. So um, the, 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 the goat people, they were strong. We had to turn them down a little bit. Maybe they have to be get, get a bit, little bit stronger again. And another faction, um, the goblins. The, the faction who can use the, uh, the, the uh, markers, the X markers, they were too strong as well, and we had to, to tune them down a little bit. Maybe we have to make them stronger again, but those were uh, quite, quite strong in playtesting, too, too strong in their initial uh, way they were designed. So, yeah, that's how I'm involved. I. I <laughs> I guess you uh, it's your thing and you need you it, you've got the fans giving their ideas but you must feel a sense of ownership of the the thing in a way and that you want to make sure it keeps the game tight and and strong. Yeah, well it's, it's so that uh, Bastion uh, actually has um had quite a, a good um uh, sense of what's uh, interesting to play and he, he decided to uh, present the first uh, factions we should test. And of course, we tested all of them, but uh, Bastion is involved the same way as I am, I would say. So mm -hmm. he, he does a lot of, of looking through all the forums at Discord or at uh, Bot Game Geek and asks the rule questions. And so um, that's quite helpful. So I, I can focus on actually playing and actually uh, consider what to do about that. Yeah, we're very grateful to Bastian as well. Yeah. What I can say, Jens, uh, the co-designer of Terra Mystica, he isn't involved in the fan factions by testing. What I did together was with him uh, in the last few months was uh, we designed an expansion for a project. So that was, that's what we did together. Yeah, so um, uh, Ranior, who I've I've mentioned before, uh, sort of asked something about that. He's, he said, so kind of since Terra Mystica, your design work has mostly been focused on kind of Terra Mystica and then Gaia Project and innovations. Uh, and is, is that, you know, is that mostly what you're working on now and, and into the future? Or is there other stuff you're working on? What are you what are you thinking about now? Well, um, innovation, I, I think, is mostly completed, and it's now up to the publisher to do uh, illustrations are made already, and um, it's up to the publisher to write the rules and to start the, the, um, the printing process and so on. I, I don't know. I can't uh, say when it will be out because, uh, yeah, you, you know, the relays on the world market, they affect the gaming industry also, so I don't know. We hope for autumn or fall, and now I'm hoping for winter this year, but I don't know. Um, so that's mostly done, and uh, also the um, 
Gaia project expansion is finished and up to the publisher to, to bring it to the market. And where I'm still involved is the fan factions. So that's one part of Terra Mystica where I'm still involved. And now I start something completely new because um, Terra Mystica and Gaia project and Terra Mystica innovation, it's all in the same set of rules and it's all in the same uh, area of, of gaming. And I, I want to do something different. I worked on it quite a time now, but yeah, it's mostly in the sphere where I gather ideas and um, now I start actually working on mechanics, but it's too early to talk about, but um, it's something completely different. Out of uh, Terra Mystica, different, different kind of game. Can you give us a, a tiny, a tiny hint of like what it, something about what it is, like a tiny thing? I, I think it's... Uh, also, a little bit fantasy based and has role playing aspects in it. Yeah, direction. But uh, what I don't like about, in general, about role playing games, often they are too luck dependent. And I want to have it like I like my games with a more strategic approach and or a tactical approach. I'm not sure how it will work out, but uh, you as a player should be able to have more influence. That's uh, how I like to, to do it. But of course, it will not be an open information game like Terrence Picard. If a role playing elements, it will have luck. But I try to to make it have uh, like a, kind, uh, a kind of luck where you have it. That's where, what I want. Well, there'll be a lot of very excited fans when more comes out about that. Um... We, we don't want to keep you for too long because, yeah, I, I know you're very busy. Super, is there anything else that we've forgotten or that you wanted to ask quickly? Um, nothing in particular. I think we've covered everything. Sorry, say again, Helgi. Um, I'm not sure if you have asked all the questions you wanted to ask. So are, are there questions left? So, okay, here, here is a good question um, from, from FireXed. Uh, that we can add in. So Firex said, uh, what, in your opinion, is the greatest board game and why? Oh, it's <laughs> a good one. Always difficult questions. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, in my opinion, I, I must say, I, um, over the years, I played a lot of games that uh, were favorites of mine, and then I played it quite a lot, and then somehow they, they got old for me. Um, so, um, and that's interesting because um, I had to test Terramistica for, for, for new factions, for new maps, for innovations, and um, I still like it. So that's, for, for me, if there are other games, uh, I always have to compare the replayability. That's something that's for me very important in the game. Uh, so great games for me are games that don't age so fast. So they have a great replay value. And um, I, it's, it's not an easy question for me because I, I would like to go in decades. So I would say uh, the decades of the 90s, the greatest game was Settlers of Catan because we played it a lot and it was so influential and so on. Nowadays, 
I'm not playing it anymore because yeah, I, I played it. It's outplayed for me, so to say. And then maybe there was this area of Carcassonne where I played it for years, and but it's outplayed today. So, but uh, I, I still have to honor these games because they they were great at this time. Uh, San Juan comes into mind, but uh, actually nowadays I still play it. And when it came out, I just bought a game and I didn't have a group to play it with. So um, actually, I played San Juan the card game a lot. And uh, then we have um, Race for the Galaxy, which is based on it. So this is a game I still play with my wife. So I think that's still a great game because of the variability and the replayability. But there's a lot of luck in it. Still, I, I like it. And so I like strategic games, but I also like games they have some some kind of luck in their flavor. Nowadays, that's uh, because of the pandemic, um, I can't meet with my regular gaming group. We just meet online and play games there, but I, I like the feel of having the materials in my hand to, to push cubes, to... I have cards in my hand to, to spend coins, to spend resources. I just like the, the, the haptic feeling of it. So uh, I mostly play with my wife. And we play a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, games of Arnak, Lost Ruins of Arnak. I like this game. It, it does a lot of things quite good. It's, uh, it has a nice theme. It uh, has a replayability. It has luck and games with my wife. We need to have some yeah, sort of luck in it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm the more strategic player, so this wouldn't be good to, for us to play. I would win most of the games, and it, that's not so exciting. So I, I like it if there's luck involved. So I, I have to, to, to say for the present, now it's maybe not the greatest game of all time, but of this time, because I played quite a lot. It's uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak for me, in terms because still. <laughs> I, I have to say, it's my own game, but I play it quite a lot with, with my gaming group. They always want to play Terra Mystica, and I say, okay, yeah, let's play it. It's not getting old for me either, so yeah, I think that's a good sign. And the other game I quite like to play with my wife as well, but we haven't played it as often as the Lost Ruins of Arnak that's ever there. I like it. I, I, I like the feeling. It's fresh. Animals, um, a theme that's good, but um, I think it's the first one of the first games that has quite uh, a lot of combinations and uh, cute materials. So, yeah, as a, as, a, as a gamer, I'm not just only looking for strategies. I also look for the material and for illustrations. And, yeah, so... I think um, that's something that's important too. So it has to have a visual appeal. So therefore, for I, I can say for Terramistic Innovation, we have a new illustrator just to have something new and fresh for, for the eyes. Um, I don't know if you have seen the uh, Terramistica solo box illustrations. No, I haven't. You you can have a. a Look at the board game uh, geek. Um, Dennis has done with illustrations as well, so um, his his style has changed over the years. I mean, Terra Mystica is ten years old, and um, yeah, Dennis is doing now 
And also, I think the fan factions, they look a little bit different. Uh, you, you can see it's, uh, it's, his style has evolved. We, we decided for terrific innovations to have a new illustrator, so just to have something fresh. So. The fan factions art is is lovely. It's it's... I, I really like it. Uh, it's all done on the surface again. Yeah. So I think that's something to to, to say about greatest game of all time. Uh, I, I I can't decide for one game. That's the wrong answer. I can't decide for one game. It's Terramistica. It's Terramistica. Easy answer. It's Terramistica. Yeah, I, I actually I actually have one last question uh, for my set is. Um, because that that quite uh, tells quite a lot about a person uh, about Terramistica player is which is your what is your favorite econ favorite tile is it fire one earth two or air two or water two perhaps if you consider it to being you know semi econ tile um, it's it's, uh, it's fire one uh, I think um, coins are in many games uh, they are uh, the the bottleneck of the economy in many games, I think. Um, and so I like this one. I, I think that uh, gives you the most versatility if you take it. Depending on the faction, of course. If you are engineers or if you are halflings or fakirs, maybe then I would take Earth. But for all other factions, I think that's set up depending. Um, maybe you have early uh, air cards bonus, then yeah, but only if you can collect bonuses. But so if, if there's nothing speaking against a special uh, bonus, the cards, then it's fire one. Fire one. That's my go-to tile. <laughs> there we go. There's the answer. Um, cool. Well, uh, so yeah, thank you very much for talking to us today and thank you very much for, from everyone who like, I think all the listeners to this for giving us this amazing game that we all play over and over again and talk about and make videos and have tournaments. Uh, we are very grateful for your hard work and for this fantastic game. Yeah, thank you. You're, you're well welcome. And uh, I will join in one of your Tuesday leagues. Uh, we have to, to, to make this happen. Maybe uh, you can write me on uh, Board Game Geek mail, something like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll message you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, thank you very much. Really. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun talking to you. Fun talking have to you. Nice yeah, you too. Bye you bye. Too. Have a good one. Bye.